It's time for another episode of Mainly Modifieds, where ground pounders and northeast speed freaks come to get their radio fix on. Let's join the Race Chaser Media crew in the studio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Mainly Modifieds. I'm Tom Baker from Race Chaser Media, and I will be joined shortly by Kyle Souza, who is uh, obviously a pretty well-versed young man in the uh, uh, world of New England motorsports, and um, happy to have Kyle as a part of this. And um, looking forward to doing this week's show, uh, we were able to put together a really intriguing interview with Ronnie Williams uh, that Kyle got, and we're going to play that for you momentarily. And then Kyle will be joining us afterward, and we are going to have a conversation about a number of topics. Obviously, the ongoing situation with the coronavirus still has us in a relative um, state of uncertainty at this point because we really, you can put out a schedule today but then if somebody moves a shutdown date or in the case of south carolina decides suddenly to have a shutdown as happened yesterday um all of that obviously changes so it can get pretty difficult to uh keep this um you know, keep this information valid longer than about 24 hours or so, it seems like lately. So we're going to do our best to, again, update you on as much as we can in terms of what's going on here, what it looks like right now, and uh, all of that. Um, And so that's what we got coming up for you. Right now, though, we are going to take a moment to listen to the interview that uh, Kyle put together with uh, racer Ronnie Williams, and I had a chance to uh, hear this prior to uh, the final edit here, and it is really uh, an enjoyable uh, few minutes with Ronnie, so let's go ahead and listen to Kyle and Ronnie Williams, and when we come back, we'll have Kyle himself join us, and uh, we'll talk about that and also the latest that we have in terms of what's going on with the tracks and series. So here is Kyle and Ronnie Williams. Catching up with Ronnie Williams, who is probably one of the busiest drivers uh, in New England motorsports over the last couple of years, and it's not going to change for 2020. He's going to be extremely busy with multiple different race series. Ronnie, want to thank you for joining us. Uh, let's start at Stafford, uh, where you've won the last two SK Modified uh, Championships in a really competitive division. Just kind of talk about what that division's like to compete in and how tough it is to run up front. Yeah, it's definitely a tough division. I mean, you got guys who have been racing uh, since I've been born. I've been watching them as I've grown up, um, like Keith Rocco and Eric Byrne, uh, those type of guys. Then you got those new guys that are coming in, like this year we have um, Narducci and Hodgson, so and Mikey Flynn. So um, it's a tough division for sure, and uh, one I always wanted to be competitive in. And I never thought I would ever race SKs, but now to be back-to-back champion, it's definitely a cool feeling. And um, we're looking for the next one. So take me back to that moment where you talked with Adam and kind of got connected with him as your car owner. I mean, he had run with Woody Pitcat. He had been successful with him, Chase Dowling, been successful with him. But it seems to me your combination and the chemistry between you, the team, and him kind of elevated him to the next level and also you as a driver to the next level. 
Yeah, it was really not an opportunity I thought I would get just because we had our family-owned car. And I think when you run a family-owned car, people don't think that you're looking for um, an opportunity. But the opportunity came right around uh, Thanksgiving of 2017. And um, we kind of sat down as a family and uh, thought what would be in the best interest of us. And we decided to go with them. And like I said, it's been kind of success ever since. We have two SK5Ks. Um, well, they've, they have three. They won with Chase the year before. So they won three straight SK5Ks. And, um, we've been able to go back-to-back in the championships at Stafford. So um, it's just a good combination. We have great group of, group of guys. And um, like I said, we, we're looking forward to go back to the racetrack and know, knowing every time we go to the racetrack, we can actually win a race. So last year was a, a different battle than the year before. The year before you kind of pulled away and had it sealed up. Um, last year, right down to the really the final lap there, battling Todd Owen. I mean, and last year you also had the Sids View uh, show that you guys did, the reality show throughout the year. Uh, with the, I know the two of you is only your second year, but it would seem to me that it's probably one of the funnest years you've raced in your career. Funnest and most stressful, yeah, yeah. for sure. I mean, we were having a lot, of success, a lot of success throughout the middle part of the year. And then um, I think ever since July, I don't think we finished outside the top six. So it was a pretty impressive uh, run we had, and Todd Owen was strong all year. I think he only had that one wreck uh, when we won in August 9th, I think it was. And, um, I mean, just coming down to the last final laps, that was a stressful weekend, stressful race. Um, we, nothing seemed to, like it was going our way that race. And, uh, luckily we were able to get in fourth and, uh, beat the tiebreaker with Todd. Is it, it, I don't know. I mean, I've known you a while, watched you compete, watched you get out of race cars, but that seems to me like probably the one, one of the more emotional moments, maybe of your entire life. Is that fair to say climbing out after winning back-to-back titles there? Yeah, it was, um, it was something. Cause I've always like the wins are great for me, but I, I do it for the guys who work on the race car, um, week in and week out. I mean, I go, I go to the shop Tuesday nights with them, but, um, these guys put their life and soul into this thing and they count on me to get them to victory lane and nothing means more than a championship to them. So, um, to be able to do that for them. And uh, I would definitely say it was an emotional one just for that fact. And like being back to back champion, the Stafford, not many people can say that. I think what only seven or six can. So, um, it's a cool feat. It's something we want to continue doing. Like I said, in the beginning of the year, it's like one of those ways that you just want to keep riding. You want, you don't want to get off of it. So we're going to do that. So Ronnie's going to move to 2021 or 2020, hopefully 2020, um, and try to win a championship in the SKs. Let's back up to some other racing you did uh, last year. You had the incredible stretch in the summer there uh, where you were able to win the New Hampshire Motor Speedway Modified Racing Series show, uh, the 10K win show at Seekonk with Tri-Track, and then you also picked up that 5K. A big paying couple weeks for you, um, but really, I mean, at that point in the summer and pretty much overall, you were one of the hottest modified drivers in New England in in really a couple different cars at the same time. So that must have been kind of surreal as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I look back at that week. I was looking back at it like uh, two weeks ago, talking to some of the guys about it. It's just like, it was just an unbelievable week. Like, I would have never thought that. Um, maybe we go to uh, Loudon in the 25 on like a Friday or Saturday, 
paint the racers on a Sunday and we blow up on Saturday. So the guys head back, have to change the motor out. Um, we win our heat race and we win the race. And then somehow um, we weren't even going to go to Seekonk. We were basically deciding like, hey, which one do you want? Do you want to do Loudon or Seekonk um, when the motor blew? And we kind of said Loudon. And then we won the race. So, of course, the guys are like, all right, let's get this motor ready and let's go to Seekonk. So we go to Seekonk. We win that. And then Friday, of course, I, I'm involved in a wreck and then come back and um, beat Keith at the line. So it, it was just a crazy week. And, I mean, I could have finished second in every single one of those races, and it could have been completely different. But um, we were beating Nacelle at the line. We were able to beat Keith at the line and um, had some good restarts there against Barrett at the end, who was pretty good at that track. So it was just a crazy week. And one, I'll definitely um, look back and just keep saying wow about so that one week was not your only success. We mentioned the SK title at Stafford, also winning uh, the Tri-Track Open Modified Series title um, last year and, and preparing to, to go back at that again with Gary Casella last year. So a second car owner comes into the fray for you uh, with Gary, a guy that's been around a long time, been really successful, another kind of combination that seems to be really successful uh, between the two of you. Yeah, it's it's just funny because it's like completely different uh, with the fifty. I mean, they both bring great cars, but fifty has like fifteen guys that show up, and Gary has like a select four. So, um, but they both provide me with great race cars that every single time I go to the track, I know I can win. I didn't go to at least four of the tracks that we raced out in the tri track series, but we were still able to run second at Oxford, second at Star. Um, third at Claremont. So those are tracks I've never been to, but we were able to have like instant success and really looking forward to going back there in every track with Gary. The Tri-Track Series kind of gives you a different uh, element of racing, different than the SK, the short sprint races, different than the long races that you've been used to in the past with the Wheel and Modified Tour. Why, why does that racing kind of fit you best? Is it something where you kind of have to save a little bit of equipment to be there at the end and that kind of just fits your style as well? Yeah, I think, um, I think well, first off, you kind of got to have a brain to know that, hey, you're not going to win the uh, race in the first 10 laps. Let's not do anything that will end those chances early, um, ruin your day, ruin your team's day, and um, it just looks bad altogether. So knowing uh, when to save, when to go, um, and I think just watching races over the years and kind of learning all about how to make it all work and um, having those cars that will actually stay consistent throughout the race is, is key to those long races. So you're going to go back after that title uh, again in 2020 with another stout group there. Your third kind of action, maybe there's more coming, uh, but your third action for 2020 is going to be a return uh, to the NASCAR wheel and modified throw. Let's back up, though, to what you've done there in the past, uh, teaming with Bertuccio Motorsports a couple of years ago now. You guys had some poles. You had some strong runs. Uh, fair to say that, that was a good assessment for you to get your feet wet and, and kind of experience the tour, which is a different style of racing? Yeah, definitely. And I, I've always, like, like I said, I've watched, I've been, I live a mile from the track at Stafford. So I've been going there. I've always wanted to be on the tour. That was my thing. I want to be on the tour. I want to be in the SKs. So when I got that chance, it was an amazing experience. I was going down to Florida, New Smyrna, um, Myrtle Beach, like tracks I never ever thought I would race at or even know about, to be honest. And then um, got my feet wet there. We had we, we did okay. We, we didn't um, do anything great. We got two poles at Thompson, 
just didn't finish out races well. So um, I think going back there this year, we got some of the races with Adam, the 50 guys. And then I'm also doing Loudon and Seacock in Oswego with uh, Jamie's car. So it should be a good year, and we're looking for those wins. So, Ronnie, you mentioned Jamie Tomano, uh, a guy that really over the last couple of years has, I, I wouldn't say rented out his car, but given out his car uh, to let some of the younger guys compete. We saw Chase Dowling do it last year. You're having the opportunity to do it this year. What's that like to kind of talk with him, be with a guy that's been around the Modifieds really since it started, and now we have the opportunity to drive for such a veteran like that? Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, like you said, like Chase ran pretty well with, with the car last year. And, um... I mean, I've been watching the guy ever since. I mean, he's probably one of the most veteran guys. He has, like, over, what, 600 starts on tour. So um, he's been around. He knows his stuff. And uh, we're looking to go win some races, have some fun with those guys. And um, hopefully we can do that. So, Ronnie, one more thing before we let you go uh, here on this episode of Mainly Modifieds. I know you didn't run a ton of tour races in your career, but I know you knew Wade Cole, uh, at least in passing, talked to him a couple times. What, what did he kind of mean to the Modified community, especially with somebody like you growing up in Modifieds, watching him compete at some of these historic tracks? Yeah, he was, uh, he was a great guy. Um, I mean, my, my grandfather kind of knew him a little better than I did. And um, my grandfather was kind of like the same as him, just um, not a ton of money, but a true racer. And I think uh, it's definitely a guy we're going to miss in the community showing up to the racetrack. I mean, I think everyone loves the way he pulled his car up onto his uh, his hauler, um, showing up with the open trailer. So he was a great guy and uh, definitely going to be missed. So one more thing. Uh, 2020 is going to bring you three, four, five, maybe six different ventures at some point uh, as you're a guy that kind of stacks things up if, if rides become available. Uh, but what do you kind of look at in 2020? I keep hearing you say you want to win races, you want to contend for championships, but I know that's not easy uh, to do. So what do you kind of do to prepare yourself, uh, especially with the middle of the, the COVID pandemic we're in and, and no race cars for a while? Is there something that you're trying to do? Maybe watch film? Are you eye racing? Is there something you're trying to do to keep your mind sharp before the season starts? Yeah, I, I I watch a lot of film to be honest. Um, just learning from mistakes and um, anytime a guy, if I'm going to a racetrack that I'm not too confident, and I usually try to find if like Priest has been there and he, uh, he has like an in-car camera. Or, um, Hirschman usually doesn't, but like someone who's been there, has success, knows the racetrack, and is a good racer. Um, if they have any type of in-car camera, I'm usually going there and um, just learning the line and learning. Um, anything I possibly can. So, um, I don't, I, I do some my racing, but nothing with, uh, like modifieds. I'm usually the class C trucks, but, um, uh, nothing, nothing crazy on that end. But, um, you can learn a lot from just watching film and watching your own film, uh, learn what to do in that situation or what I could have done better to make it out. I usually watch the ones I where I finish second and think about what I could have done better instead of the ones where I wanted um, had success. So reliving those down moments uh, instead of those up moments where he went to victory lane. Ronnie, I want to thank you uh, for taking 10, 15 minutes here to talk with us uh, on this edition of Mini Modifieds. Wish you good luck once we do get the 2020 racing season underway at some point and uh, look forward to talking to you soon. Thanks, Kyle. Appreciate it.
Welcome back to the show and a great interview with uh, Ronnie Williams and very enjoyable to hear from the drivers. And we appreciate each and every one of them that take the time to uh, spend time with us on the podcast and help us to keep content and entertainment going for uh, the fans out there. And uh, so we're grateful to Ronnie for stopping to do that. We're going to have Kyle Souza joining us right after we take some time to let you hear this is your job sucking the life out of you wake up you can do something else information technology i know what you're thinking but i'm not a math or science person no excuses no problem it's not rocket science it's my computer career helping people start an it career is their thing if you don't absolutely love what you do, go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You can start your new life as an information technology professional in as little as four months. Attend classes on campus or live online just two or three times a week to get what you'll need to start your new career. More than just a school, My Computer Career helps you get into the industry by working with hundreds of employers that hire their students. My Computer Career is nationally accredited and financial aid is available for those who qualify, including the GI Bill. Classes start soon, so go take the career evaluation now at mycomputercareer.edu. Mycomputercareer.edu. That's mycomputercareer.edu. Everyone knows Strutmasters is the suspension experts for luxury vehicles, and now we offer motorcycle products. Introducing Easy Rider Complete Motorcycle Air Suspension brought to you by Strutmasters.com. You can raise and lower your bike with the flip of a switch. Take those long rides with the ultimate comfort of Easy Rider Air Shocks. They're backed by Strutmasters and you won't believe the low price. Check out Easy Rider Motorcycle Air Suspension at Strutmasters.com. Welcome back to Mainly Modifieds. Tom Baker still with you, and Kyle Souza has, in fact, joined us now via the Strutmasters.com hotline. And, uh, Kyle, it's uh, great to be back together again for another week. And we just heard from Ronnie Williams, and I'll be honest, I, you know, I haven't had a chance to spend a lot of time with Ronnie, but I was really interested in this interview because it was only 12 minutes long, but I feel like there was a lot packed into that 12 minutes. Yeah, Ronnie's a very, very busy guy. He is. Uh, and we we heard him talk about Stafford, Tri-Track, yeah. the Modified Tour, maybe some other endeavors that I hinted that might be coming for him because you really don't know. Uh, and I feel like we're seeing that more and more in the Modified community now. A lot of these drivers are able to run two or three different series. Uh, I don't want to say at once because they can't do it in the same day, but they're able to do it really at once in the sense that they have a car that competes in at least two or three. Some of these guys, even four, modified division so ronnie one of those guys uh that's had the opportunity to do that and i want to touch on a couple things that he talked about specifically but really stafford um and what he was able to do there the last two years so he joins on with his race team uh adam scroy and the gang in 2018 uh he wins a bunch of races between 18 and 19 wins both championships last year in a yeah. tiebreaker i mean He's now just the sixth driver to win two straight titles at that historic Connecticut Oval, and that, that's a big task for somebody to accomplish. Well, it is, and I feel like he's one of these drivers that you've heard about him, but he's not flashy. He's not. He's just good. 
You know, like he's one of those drivers that sort of, for all that he's done, he just sort of flies under the radar a little bit all the time, unless you're right in New England. I don't think that a lot of people outside of the New England area would really know a whole lot about him, but um, he should be. I feel like there's there should be a lot more attention paid to him for what he's accomplished. I had no idea. Yeah, and and, and it really... Uh, if you look back a year or two, you know, he ran on the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour for a couple of years. Never, you know, full, full time. Yeah. He was able to make all of the races one year and, and didn't uh, end up actually starting the race because of a qualifying crash at Thompson one year. Um, but basically, he's got 25 or 26 Wheel Modified Tour starts, all of them but one coming with Joe Bertuccio and Bertuccio Motorsports. Right. Uh, they evolved to win a couple pole awards. They had a couple decent runs at different times. He was able to finish just outside the top five on a couple of occasions uh, with some sixth or seventh. Uh, but modified tour-wise, he's been a little bit quieter uh, than, than you would think when you think about Ronnie Williams because of all this other stuff that he's been successful at. Uh, and that strictly because of a couple things. Number one, the tour opportunities that he had with Bertuccio work motorsports didn't work out in the end. He ended up stepping away from that. Number two, he really found a really, really stable home uh, with Adams Groy and that number 50 team over the last two years, winning those two straight championships at Stafford. He's looking to become the first driver in Stafford's history uh, to win three. And I'll take you through that small list of drivers that has been able to win just two championships. In a row, Jerry Pearl, Mike Christopher, Bob Potter, Ted Christopher, and Rowan Pennick. I mean, if there's anybody on that list that's a veteran, it's all five of them. They're all five historic yeah. drivers in the modified community. And that SK division, Tom, you're familiar with how that division works. Oh, yeah. It's a competitive, competitive division. Todd Owen, Keith Rocco, Gwen Reen, Mike Christopher Jr., Steve Kopchick. It's, it's almost even more of an incredible feat knowing the competition that he's going to deal with weekly. Well, uh, you know, it's one of those things. I, I wish that there was a way to be able to watch SK racing online every week because um, I, I mean, obviously with me being down here in the South, it, it isn't exactly practical for me to be up there watching those races live. And as much as I love the modified tour and the modifieds in general, the SK division I mean, it has just grown to such a high level of competition over the, the, the years up there. And you start looking at these guys. Rocco, um, Mike Christopher Jr. is, I think he's going to be a star. Um, you know, you got Owen, you got Glenn Reen, you know, you got Narducci, you got Hodgden, you got Flynn. You know, these guys, Kopsik, these guys are drivers, you know, and some of them are young and some of them are veterans. But the, the level of competition in the SK division is just amazing. And I feel like, um, you know, that's there. There are certain sort of parts of the country where. You know, as a race fan who is as passionate as, thankfully, I still am at 52 after being in it for 30-plus years, um, you know, you you just wish that you could go be there for a month or two and and just absorb yourself in that. And that that's one of them. I love to be watching this division every week. Um, you know, it's pretty amazing. So, yeah, I mean, the fact that, you know, there is an opportunity for him to three-peat, but knowing who he's got to compete against, if he pulls that off, you know, if this becomes a situation where, um, you know, where he's able to do that, 
boy, you, you know, every I feel like every win in an SK car is earned because there is no such thing as, well, it's like competition here this week. Yeah, and that that's fair. Um, and, and it really puts him in a situation now where that competition level, almost, and you heard him say it, that competition level is, is getting worse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, for, from his perspective, there's more drivers added yeah. to that list uh, for 2020 that he didn't uh, necessarily have to deal with last year at all. And, and, you know, and the having flow of race cars and car counts, some might weed out, some will come in every year. Sure. Uh, but he's got a list of three guys that jump off the top that are, that are really stout in what they've done previously coming into this division. Number one, Brian Narducci, two-time uh, NASCAR Division Three national champion yes. in the last two years, and a Stafford frontrunner in the SK Lights. Mikey Flynn, a frontrunner in Stafford's SK Lights for many uh, races last year and previously. And Teddy Hodgson, who we talked about on last episode, who had won the iRacing event that Stafford put on yep. a couple weeks ago. He's the defending SK White track champion, and he kind of won that last year running away with it. Uh, so that's three more guys going to be added to that stout list that I just talked about a minute ago. And if you look at the list of drivers in general, guys that we haven't talked about, Troy Tauman, uh, Tyler Weary, Corey DiMatteo, veteran Dan Avery, Kyle James. I mean, the list just goes on and on. You've got Chase Dowling returning this year. Uh, in the SK Modified, is planning to run full-time. Michael Man. Jervis Jr., young gun Andrew Moore. I mean, the list just continues to stack up. Uh, and it's going to put Ronnie at a tough task. If you ask me, you know, at the end of last year when he won his second, is it possible he could win a third straight? It's definitely possible, and I still think it's very possible. Uh, and, and albeit that the season is going to be at least a little bit shortened uh, from what it was originally scheduled to be sure. because of the COVID-19 pandemic, you still wonder – He's going to have to run all these races competitively at the front and not have many missteps. Uh, he had a couple of them early last year, really came onto the scene late. Uh, and I think the missteps is what's going to decide this championship like it has for the past many years. Well, I agree. And you bring up a good point because the less races that you run in quantity, the less you could afford a bad race because you don't have as many opportunities to have all the good races cover it up so you know it, it just gets harder with less races not easier you're gonna have to bring your a game and yeah i feel like that's how it is every week up there anyway um you know again i just i marvel at, at what's happened there with that division over the years and um you know i just have such reverence for all the tracks up there anyway um and stafford especially is is one of the top um you know i just i i think it's amazing what's been able to to take place in that particular division and how deep and thick the fields are uh and and all the the young stars that have been able to you know to to make a name for themselves and yet guys like keith rocco still keep winning um and ronnie williams and so you know it's really a, a pretty amazing thing to observe from the outside and it's one of those situations where if i if i had such a lifestyle as to be able to boy it would be a whole lot of fun every year to spend about a month somewhere up there just to where I could get to uh, Stafford and, 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 and watch the SKs run and just kind of be a part of that for a while and take some of that in every year because it's, uh, you know, those guys are, are real real drivers and, and uh, some really uh, entertaining personalities in that mix as well. 
Yeah, and that, that really adds to a whole other level yeah. uh, of competition across the track in general, across New England in general. Uh, that place is known for SK Modifieds. Yeah. Uh, they have other divisions. They've got their SK Whites. They've got their Street Socks. Uh, they've got their limited late models. They've got their late models. But they're known for their SK Modifieds. They built the SK Modifieds, and I don't think that 2020 is going to be any uh, different uh, for that top tier division, no matter how many races they run. Right. Yep. Uh, and we speak of Ronnie Williams. We speak of that competitive division. We'd be remiss to not speak of the schedule updates that have come uh, since the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic. Let's do it. The, we've covered a few of them before, uh, but maybe a little bit more in depth now. So Stafford Spring Sizzler was originally scheduled for April 26, uh, 24, 25, 26. That obviously rescheduled because of covid uh, they backed up their uh, Friday night program that was originally scheduled to start on May 8th. But here's what they've got planned as of this taping. Uh, and, and Saturday, May 9th, they're going to have an open practice day. And then they're going to be off the following weekend for a swap meet. And then Friday, May 22nd, they plan on opening their NASCAR weekly series racing night uh, with their five weekly divisions. The weekend after that is when the tentative Napa Spring Sizzler uh, is going to take place. And that Spring Sizzler taking on a whole new meeting in 2020. Uh, first of all, move back over a month from what it was originally planned. This right. is the second straight year that we see the Sizzler moved back uh, just about a month. The first time it was because of rain. The second time this year because of COVID. And this three-day weekend, Tom, going to evolve into a big one. Friday, they're going to have their weekly series competitors, a regular Friday night of racing. And the biggest thing about the Friday night, the call before you dig, 811 Pro Weight Model Open. Uh, and I guess you could call these the Pro Stocks, Pro Weight Models, Pro Stocks. Yeah. Super Late Models going to compete back at Stafford for the first time in many years. A lot of drivers uh, had basically pushed the track to do this for many, many years. Uh, and now here's the track basically throwing it back at them, saying, well, you wanted another event with Pro Stocks. Here you go. Uh, and an 81-lap event. It's going to be an open competition-style event. They've got some rules, a quick uh, group of entries already out there. Uh, but this is really going to be a list of uh, races that we're going to want to keep an eye on. But this pro stock back at Stafford, to me, is probably one of the more interesting events they're going to run in 2020 at all. Well, here's what's fun is out of all of this darkness that we're going through right now, if you look at what's happening in the motorsports world, because – everybody's had to constantly sort of drop back and punt here because we keep moving the goalpost, right? We're, we're, we're still in the flat in the curve mode and we're trying to, um, so nobody, you know, you keep having to move dates. What's happened is it's given some of these tracks and series, both locally and even nationally with series like IndyCar, it's given them a reason to consider some things that they might not have considered were it not for this situation. So this, I feel like, is one. I don't know that we would have seen the Pro 8 models or Pro Stocks as part of, you know, Stafford's season this year were it not for this situation. And just like an IndyCar, you're seeing them, they added a race at Indy, they... You know, they, they've they've put on some double headers at a couple of tracks that I think are just great for IndyCar racing. Um, you know, you're seeing these people try some things that and it and maybe some of it can stick. I mean, why wouldn't we have a big pro stock race at Stafford, for example? Um, you know, I some some of this it's like, okay, maybe 
we could get some ideas out of all this madness that could be more interesting and make things spicier going forward uh even after all of this is you know cleared out we can do this in future years yeah so Stafford dropping their schedule uh and i'm trying to figure out the exact date it looks like back in november uh that, that seems like a, a way way distance away from where we are now uh, but it's really not it's only a couple months uh and they dropped that schedule with some of their major events like the nap sk 5k Special races for the late model, the three NASCAR wheel modified tour race. Kind of at the bottom, they dropped in that super late models were going to make a return in May. Now, this is back oh, in November. Oh, okay. Okay. At I that, didn't realize so, that. So they've dropped the, you know, the ball out there a little bit saying they're going to run this pro late model event. They have started picking up steam on it a little bit. But what's interesting about it, and, and you make a good point that they've had to make some adjustments, nobody would have ever imagined that this event would really be basically part of Napa Sing Spring Sizzle right. Weekend. Uh, and basically what they've done, they're not officially saying that Napa Spring Sizzle Weekend is a three-day show. They are separating that the Friday night show is a Friday night show with the open and five weekly divisions. Then Saturday, Sunday will be the Sizzler. But really, if you're a fan of racing at Stafford, yeah. you're going to attend this race at Stafford. To me, it's really all basically the Spring Sizzler Weekend merged into one since we're three days in a row. Uh, 81 laps for the pro weight models. Kids are free as part of May racing at Stafford because it's you or youth organization month. Uh, so anybody that nice. uh, brings and wears a team uniform or Jersey is free to get in uh, all weekend for the sizzler. If you're not a child or you don't have a Jersey as a child, uh, the prices are really reasonable. Adults 30 bucks for that Friday night race. Uh, they do charge $5 for kids six to 14, five and under are free. Uh, but a good opportunity to see some uh, pro stock racing back at Stafford. Entry list for that, stacking up already. Uh, Michael Sullivan, former champion at Thompson, Granite State pro stock champion, is on there. Corey Casagrande, a Granite State regular. Rising uh, Super Late Model star Jake Johnson. Brian Narducci, who we just talked about, is going to hop in the Super Late Model. Devin O'Connell. Nice. Veteran Tom Fern, who ran pro stocks way back when at Stafford. Todd Owen who's run Pro Stocks there way back when and currently runs SKs. The list just stacking up for that Pro Way model open. That's going to be a good one. Looking forward to seeing that and also looking forward to seeing what they've got as part of the Napa Spring Sizzler uh, in 2020, that two-day weekend, May 30, 31. Again, as we've mentioned in our last couple episodes, nothing really changed uh, since that first time that they rescheduled it to May 30, 31, though that date's still fluid. Uh, and obviously with the pandemic and all everything that's going on, you're going to have to pay attention uh, to what's going on with Stafford for the next really month or so, probably by May 7th yeah. or 8th, yep. we'll have a real clear indication uh, of what's going to be in the 2020 race season at Stafford Speedway and not just Stafford, but all over New England. Uh, and want to just let you know uh, that we'll keep you up to date on that as well. Uh, but before we move away from Stafford, Tom, I want to touch on a couple more things, specifically their iRacing series. And we were talking uh, off the air, I would say, before we yeah. uh, hit the record button, uh, that this is a fun opportunity for their race car drivers, and not just their drivers, but their fans, and even some of the fans that are not familiar with Stafford to watch them racing uh, in the middle of a downtime on a Friday night. For sure. Yeah, I mean, I love all this stuff that's going on with the sim. I, I think that, you know, we've 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 now given a level of... I don't want to say credibility. I, I want to be careful here because then people start getting mad at me and saying, well, it's not the same as I understand that. But it this has been a terrific form of entertainment 
that also has proven that the level of excitement for what you're looking at can be exactly the same on uh, whether you're watching people compete in a sim or compete in cars on a racetrack the level of excitement can be exactly the same and when you introduce you know which some series have introduced prize money etc you you know you start making this again it's not the real thing but you start at least making it feel competitive and let's face it this is what we're all attracted to about racing right i mean it's the competition and you know and so it's uh it's fun to see all of these um whether it's you know the national series or tracks like stafford or seaconk it's fun to see that the drivers are saying hey yeah let's you know let's do this and let's have some fun with it and um and provide something for the fans to glam on to and i think it is, um, you know, we were over a million again on the NASCAR broadcast this past Sunday from Bristol. And so it, it at least is is for those who are, you know, sim oriented, it's raising the level of acceptance and understanding about what it is and what it isn't. And so I think it's great. And I think it's a whole lot of fun, especially when you're doing it at the local level. Yeah, and competition uh, is taking off in a big way with Stafford. They ran their first two events. Uh, the first event, Teddy Hogson, who we talked about earlier, yep. uh, the SK White Modified Champion who's moving up to SKs in 2020. He won that first event. The second one, a little bit different format. Caution laps didn't count in the heats. 80-lap uh, feature instead of 100 with the cautions counting. A couple adjustments there. Started with some heats. Uh, they ran a Conci. They got to the feature. And boom, it was Brian Narducci, another guy who we mentioned earlier, uh, taking down the win there in their second iRacing event this past Friday night. Those events are available in full uh, on the Stafford uh, YouTube channel. Uh, and you've got to pay attention to that YouTube channel if you're bored and quarantined at home and you want to see some racing from Stafford. They have a ridiculous amount of auto sports racing from Stafford's history on that YouTube channel. Uh, and that goes all the way back from a recent episode that they put up, a 2005 street stock race from Stafford to today. They've got uh, reality sports-style TV shows that Sid DiMaggio's The Show team did over this past year. You could take a look at racing action from the iRacing, racing action from the real track uh, of last year and a couple years ago. There's really a good mix on that YouTube channel. Uh, And you mentioned competition with iRacing. They've taken that to a new level uh, with their two next coming events, April 10th, April 17th, this Friday and next Friday. All phases, hardscapes and renovation, and that is a mouthful, so we'll just say all phases, uh, has come (laughs) together to put up a purse uh, for the iRacing events. They're going to pay $250 total towards the purse, so $150 to the winner, $75 for second, and 25 bucks for third as part of all phases renovations, putting up that sponsorship. Uh, Larry Westgate and the gang there coming on board uh, and basically saying in a quote in the Stafford press release, they're ready to get back to real racing, but for now they're going to enjoy some eye racing. Uh, and that kind of, I think, the feel that all of us really have at this point. Uh, they've got a Facebook page set up uh, with some registered drivers for those events if you want to take a look at that. Uh, but that iRacing series taking off a little bit more than I think at first people thought it would. Uh, and now they've got a sponsor, uh, which is going to give these drivers an opportunity to make a little bit of extra cash in the middle of an event. Well, see, and again, I think, you know, people are just hungry to connect in the racing sense. And so, 
you know, this is perfect. And, and, you know, it's true in any situation in life that when change happens, you either adapt or perish. And it's great to see that some of these tracks and, and local, you know, series or whatever are finding that, you know, hey, here's a way that we can, you know, we can adapt a little bit and kind of make something, you know, you're kind of making lemonade out of the lemon, um, you know, in a, in a sense. And and it's fun and it and, and it's something that can be continued even after this all goes away and we're kind of, you know, back to the real track again. You can do something in the off season. You could do something in the middle of the week. I mean, you could you could continue this idea on past the so that's why i think all of this is great and and again if we all just remember that it's you know it's not supposed to be real racing i mean we want the drivers to compete as if it were right but it's also entertainment and it's supposed to be fun and enjoyable and you know some of the funny quotes that come out of it from the drivers or whatever that's you know, that really is, to to me at least, what makes it so cool. And if there's companies that are willing to put up a few bucks to say, here, you know, we'll give you a little bit of a, a reason to, to be a little more serious and focused, um, you know, then I, I think that's great, too. And we've had some, I think we just had a dirt race last night, in fact, from the World of Outlaws, um, an iRace that paid, I think it was a grand to win, something like that, from Knoxville. So, and you saw, that was, I mean, gosh, it that was an incredible race to watch. So, yeah. you know, I, I think this is all really cool, and I'm glad Stafford's doing so much with it. And uh, I'm going to have to check out the YouTube channel. I wish they could find, and probably nobody was videotaping all this stuff, but, oh, boy, if you could go back and pull some of the 70s and early 80s sizzlers with all of the modified hot shoes, um, I I know I would be glued to that channel to watch all of that. Um, so, you know, it's, it's fun to be able to look back sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and wish that they could grab some of that footage. Uh, I know specifically speaking about Stafford, they've got some opportunity to grab some of that footage at different places, but none of it up on that YouTube channel right now. So it might be something uh, that they may take a look at, obviously, yeah. especially if the pandemic extends uh, further into the race season, trying to give race fans an opportunity to watch some type of racing, whether sure. it be throwback racing, yep new racing, uh, things like that. So looking forward to seeing what they come up with at Stafford as well. Speaking of New England racetracks, uh, just want to give a couple of quick updates on some other uh, racing action that's been postponed that we mentioned in our last episode that's now become official. Uh, we mentioned last episode that the Pro All-Star Series and Actor weight model event at New Hampshire Motor Speedway was going to be postponed. It has now been officially postponed to May 8th and 9th. So they plan to run that May 8th okay. and 9th. Tri-track postponing their opener from May 2nd back to May 9th. Of course, those two dates fluid as of now, which uh, we expect at this point. Now, speaking of racetracks in New England, Tom, why don't you switch gears to Seekonk, a uh, place sure. I'm pretty familiar with, uh, and talk about what they've got going on with their 2020 season. They've backed up their opener, originally scheduled for May 3rd. They've moved it all the way to the end of May, and they're going to plan on running at May 30th, uh, a Saturday night as part of their NASCAR opener. In the meantime, much like Stafford, they're doing something very, very similar uh, and going the Stafford route, in a sense, uh, with the iRacing. Right. Uh, and they've got that plan for 2020 as well. Seekonk, really the first track uh, with Stafford on the same weekend to do this. They ran a non-points event a couple weekends ago, a 250-lap race at Oxford. Brian Kuhn, one of the locals, winning that. And then this past Saturday, they had a non-points event uh, to prepare drivers for what is the first race of a championship points series. 
in 2020. Uh, Seacock's going to honor the eight race series, and they're going to honor the points champion at the banquet. Uh, with the NASCAR and Fast Friday champions, so that's pretty cool. And they, much like Stafford, have now had the opportunity to grab some sponsorship uh, for some of these events. Eight races beginning Thursday, April 9th, so depending on when you're listening to our episode uh, that drops. Uh, April 9th on Speed51.com, all races live on Speed51, which gives drivers a chance to get on uh, in, in iRacing on a national broadcast in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, I really do it for fun. 44 drivers registered for the first event. 25 cars are going to take the green. And, Tom, listen to this. Contingency sponsors coming forward uh, to pay some contingencies to these drivers. Watermark Electric paying 8 bucks per heat winner. Team V Racing, $11 to the winner of the B-Main. Uh, yacht, rigging, yacht Rigging, Atlantic Yacht Rigging paying 25 to the hard walk driver. Annie Auto Parts, $12 to the 12th place finisher. Nice. Anchor Paws Rescue, $25 to the halfway leader. We've got a free paint scheme going to the white flag lap leader and 25 bucks to the driver that moves the most positions courtesy of Helger South Coast Power Equipment. The biggest contingency, though, at least financially, Route 6 Auto Mall Kia, located just down the street from the track, going to pay 100 bucks, $100 to the 10th place finisher in each event. So, Again, an opportunity for these sponsors to come forward. The first race sponsored by Helger's Power Equipment. They're putting up $250 towards a purse, another $50 towards a point fund for the end of the year. I mean, this is really stacking up, especially Seacon. Unfortunately, at this point, the one thing that's a little bit of a downside about this, iRacing doesn't have Seacon. Uh, so these places are going to be a little bit different than Seacon, but the first one coming up at Lanier National Speedway in Georgia, the virtual version of that. Uh, this coming week, and that's how a place that you might be maybe familiar with. Uh, I'm not too familiar with it in real life, but I know they ran some cup races uh, back in the eight days. Yeah, Lanier is actually, I mean, again, I, I'm not familiar with, how, you know, what it is on iRacing, but um, Lanier was, was and still is actually uh, a beautiful facility, so that's kind of fun. So we can we can just pretend it's Seekonk. I mean, that's you know, it's the best <laughs> best we can do at this point. And hey, the whole idea is to get everybody together and see. When you start getting these now, look again these these are relatively small dollar sponsors, but then again, it's a sim, right? It's it, and so in this environment, this is why I say it starts to feel more like. We're at the track, and the announcers are saying, you know, the so-and-so heat race win when goes to, you know, um, and, and you start plugging sponsors. And so, again, it starts to have more of a feel like you're at a Saturday night race track. And um, you know what? You, you, again, you got to make lemonade out of the lemon. So um, I think that's awesome, and I, I hope it works out really well. Uh, and, you know, Speed 51 obviously doing a lot of this with different – uh, tracks and series and whatever and um so uh that's that's all nothing but good stuff as far as i'm concerned yeah and seekonk planning this eight race series uh again going to start april 9th at the virtual linear speedway it's not done uh after that the eight races spanning basically across one or two a month uh throughout the whole season as of now of course in the middle of the pandemic linear on april 9th they'll follow that up at southern national motorsports oh Park. nice uh, on April the 30th. Then in May, the Gamblers uh, 150 at the Bow Ring out in Las Vegas. <laughs> They've got Five Flags Speedway, uh, the Snowflakes Sweet. in July 150. 
uh, in July 23rd, August 20th. They're going to be at South Boston, and then they'll wrap up their championship schedule with an event at the Oxford Plains Speedway in Myrtle Beach uh, in October on the 21st. That champion will be crowned. So eight races there. Uh, visit SeaconkSpeedway.com. Check to take a look at uh, what contingency sponsors have come on board. Uh, and, and uh, of course, we've gone to such stream, uh, such extremes in the world right now that we've even got preview stories out uh, for the first <laughs> iRacing event. It's, it's, uh, that's great. So that is what's coming up uh, on that front. The website now being filled with iRacing content. Uh, unfortunately, there's nothing else to fill it with. And that's okay, uh, and that's a good opportunity, as I mentioned, as you mentioned, for some of these guys to just get behind the sim. And the biggest thing, Tom, a mix between Bandolero drivers that are 10 or 11 years old and super late-mile drivers on there that might be in their 30s or 40s, it's going to create quite the mix for race fans. Well, and imagine if a 12-year-old, you know, Legends driver or something, wins the race, right? I mean, you know, I beat so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so, <laughs> you know, it's the, and again, look, we're creating content, we're creating stories, we're promoting drivers, we're promoting sponsors. This is, again, it's best case scenario, and that's, um, I think it's great. I, I just, I, I, I hope everybody appreciates it, and listen, if you're, if you're in that Seekonk deal or you're a fan of Seekonk just watching it, these sponsors, okay, they're not putting out thousands of dollars, but you know what? A hundred bucks to most smaller businesses right now is significant. So if they're putting up money for this, then please take a minute while you're just sitting in front of your computer scrolling Facebook, go to their Facebook pages and just say, hey, thanks for being a part of this series. Thanks for helping us out to have some fun because that's how they're going to know that people are actually paying attention and, you know, just take the time to thank the sponsors because for most of them, that's all that matters. I mean, they're not, you know, a lot of them are not doing this stuff. And even in when we're in normal situation, you know, there are a lot of these sponsors that understand they're not going to probably, you know, make big gobs of profit back off of what they do, especially those who put big money in. But all of them appreciate a thank you, and it doesn't take two minutes to do that. So there's my soapbox for the show. Just go thank the sponsors and tell them you appreciate them helping out. And, uh, yeah, so we have um, we have the National or, yeah, the uh, NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour to talk about as well. Um, I mean, we've had no official word about Martinsville, but considering that Virginia is shut down for the moment till June the 10th and the race is supposed to be – may 8th or 9th um i mean can we assume that that's going to be postponed and put somewhere else somewhere yeah yeah i think we can look at this a couple different ways uh and again we're taping this on a tuesday it's going to come out tonight you may listen to this three four five days from now things could have changed uh since our drop taping but sources confirming to me that yes martinsville's modified tour race is not going to happen uh on may the 8th that friday night as it was originally uh scheduled Sources is also confirming that the Thompson icebreaker scheduled for May 15, 16 is not going to happen on that originally scheduled date. Uh, so you can kind of wipe those two uh, off your calendar if you're planning on attending them and, and leave your calendar open for reschedulements. That would leave, uh, depending on how NASCAR plays it at this point, Jennerstown as the opener uh, on May 23rd, though, unfortunately, Obviously, uh, the source is also telling me that that's pretty fluid. Uh, And a lot of it's going to hinge, and this may sound a little bit cliche, but a lot of it's going to hinge on what the National Series does 
uh, with the Cup Series and when they kind of restart, how they restart is going to be big as well. Are they going to restart with no fans? Uh, so th- those are all going to play a role, uh, and I'd be a little bit hard-pressed to think we're going to get modified tour action uh, sometime early in May. I think what's more likely, based on what I'm hearing, would be end of May, early June, uh, and Jennerstown, May 23rd, going to stay on schedule, at least for the time being, as of now. And then you got Seekonk and Stafford there at the end of the month. Stafford first with the fall final, uh, not the fall final, the spring sizzler. May 30 and 31, and then Seekonk on June 6th. So some people in the industry preparing that there's going to be no racing until June 6th at Seekonk. Others preparing a little differently. But again, nothing confirmed by NASCAR. As of right now, Martinsville's still the opener. But it's going to be a tight fit uh, when the way these races get rescheduled throughout the rest of the year. I was doing some just general searching uh, over the last week or so, Tom. If it's not able to start until June uh, how it, how it kind of looks like it might not. That's right. going to leave 20, 22 or 23 weeks to get 17 races in. Uh, and that's going to be a tight fit. We talked about it on our last episode. These teams are going to be worn out no matter what the case is. They're going to race yeah. rapidly throughout the summer. Well, again, you know, you, you start looking at, you know, it's hard sometimes to get people to focus on the sort of the big picture when you're in the middle of something like this because you know it's all about fear for for it that's at this point but you start looking at this okay like you said you've you've got you know 23 weeks you got 17 races you're trying to fit Uh, i'm not sure how you pull that off um particularly given the fact that there's going to be a number of these teams that are affected by the financial um side of of all of this that you may not be able to run the full season at this point. I I would not want to be the guy in charge of the scheduling right now because really there is no perfect solution. There are some things that we talked about earlier that I think are being discussed that to me are kind of fun. And I think that's how we, if we put our fan caps on, I think we all as fans have to look at this like, listen, whatever they put out there for us, we have to do our very best to get to the tracks as often as we can this year and support them because, you know, loss of income is loss of income and you can't, you you want to try to avoid that. But when I look at a a race like the Martinsville race, you wonder where that falls in. If it needs to be postponed, where does that fit in? Because it's, it's a little easier, for example, I would think to reschedule a race at Thompson or Stafford or, you know, Seekonk or even Riverhead um, or whatever, you know, a, a local track is where I'm going with that. Then it is to to try to figure out how to put in a race all the way down here in Martinsville, Virginia, where most of the teams are coming from up, up your way up there. Um, you got to figure out a way to do that uh, that that works um, and fits in nicely where because, again, it's a day's drive down and then you got to practice in a race and the days drive back. So I don't know. It's uh, it, it, we just have to all hope that we can figure out a way to do this. And, um, and the longer we are out of service here, uh, the harder it gets to condense all those races into that kind of a schedule. Um, you know, I don't know. It'll be interesting to, to see for sure. But, um, it, looking at the the big NASCAR side of things right now, I'm still hearing that there's a lot of 
belief and faith that they can get back going for Charlotte weekend, Memorial weekend. Um, you know, the numbers here are not nearly as, as bad as they, they were afraid they were going to be and not nearly as bad as they are in many other areas. Thank the good Lord. Um, our, our shutdown runs through the 30th of the month. Um, I mean, I don't, I can't speak for our governor, but when you just look around at what you're seeing, um, realistically one would think that we wouldn't have to extend it uh but then nascar has still got to deal with races that are in other areas that are worse and may not be able to get back opened up so um i think what you're looking at right now is how do we reschedule a race in martinsville virginia in such a way that you know we don't um we don't create a really hard situation because you're, you're going to have to run a lot of back to backers on weekends as it is. Um, where do we put Martinsville in there? Where is the off weekend where we can do that? And, and that's uh, so I hope they can figure it out. Cause boy, I am dying for modifieds at Martinsville. <laughs> well, and I think most of us are uh, and, and hoping that we can get that in at some point. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 and just hearing, uh, you know, through team owners that, that have talked to the people in charge, uh, there there are opportunities for them to reschedule all the races, even if we don't start until June. Uh, but it's going to take some effort on their part and some working yeah. from the race teams. Uh, sure. So we'll see how that plays out. Again, don't want to speculate on what could happen. No. Uh, I just want to say that as of this taping, Martinsville is still on. Today is April 7th. Yep. Uh, and as of right now, Martinsville is still on. We'll keep track of that. The other thing I just want to point out, Tom, uh, before we end this episode, just a couple quick things sure. that we've mentioned before uh, that I think are worth bringing back up. No more group qualifying on the tour. Whenever we get started, it's back to single car. The Musket 250, that major event at New Hampshire Motor Speedway in September as part of Full Throttle Fall Weekend, has been 250 laps. Now it's only 200. Yeah. Uh, so that's a little bit of a change. And NASCAR going to instigate the in- – instigate – integrate that wave around rule that they use in the cup series where if you stay out in the leader's pit you can wave around the pace car they're going to integrate that into the nascar wheel and modified tour yeah uh in 2020 and that that's a good thing as well uh to give a little bit more drivers a chance to get back on the lead lap uh in the middle of a race which is something we always want to see with more competition at the end of the races so uh that's just a couple other updates from the modified tour again We'll keep you updated uh, the best we can on what kind of has gone on as far as reschedulements and postponements. Uh, And next week, get another driver. We had Ronnie Williams this week. Great to talk to him. Great to catch up with him about what he's got going on uh, for the 2020 season and what his past uh, has shown him as as far as competition and success. Uh, Looking forward to grabbing somebody else for next week and joining you back here at the table uh, to, to inform modified fans of what's going on. And we've talked a lot of non-modifieds in this as well, and that's okay, uh, especially in the middle of a pandemic. We've got so much to talk about uh, on the iRacing front as we've done today, and look forward to some of the other divisions adding to that, I'm sure, here over the coming weeks. It's all fun stuff, for sure, and we we are appreciative of our growing fan base here. We're uh, still a relatively new show, less than 10 episodes in, and uh, can see the numbers increasing every week, and we appreciate that. Uh, If you like the show, if you would please give us a share uh, and let everybody in your world know about it so we can keep growing the audience again this is not about us this is just about um building the audience for the sake of the drivers and promoting the the racing in new england and getting more people excited about um going to the track and knowing 
who's involved in, in all of that. So uh, we'll uh, wrap this up for this particular episode. Uh, and uh, Kyle, thanks for coming on again. And we'll uh, reconvene next Tuesday for another episode of Mainly Modifieds. Until then, for Kyle Souza, I'm Tom Baker. Thank you for listening. Have a great week. And everybody, stay home and stay safe and watch iRacing. Because you know what? It's a good time. So long. You've been listening to Mainly Modifieds, the show where ground pounders and northeast speed freaks come to get their radio fix on. The show is available on demand by searching Race Chaser Radio on Apple Music, Spotify, Google Music, and most other major podcast platforms. Visit RaceChaserMedia.com for more unique motorsports stories and radio content. And follow Race Chaser Media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.